This is episode 79 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For June 2017, we're discussing Silent Child by Sarah Denzel. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club here to chat about our June Cove pick, which is Silent Child by Sarah Denzel. It's the 199th pick, and it was chosen by Cove member Mary over in Scotland. So we haven't started our discussion yet online with the rest of the group, but I'm excited to chat about it with you because we kind of felt the same way about it, which is rare. As anybody who listens to us regularly should know. Okay, so I said this in the group. I just don't like fictional stories about children being sexually molested. I just feel like they're not necessary. It's unspeakable when it happens in real life. So we don't need to add fictionalized versions of it to the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I agree with you on that point. You know, I said that... I read uh, enough of these missing children's thing, whether they come back or there's an imposter or whatever over the years, but usually there's not this element to it. There's other elements. And so this was like more than a little icky. It's just, just the idea of it. I mean, it was like Cheryl said, it wasn't graphic. Like there were no descriptions of the abuse. So I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, the fact that it happened at all and you know as a reader you're left to imagine what he endured for 10 years right Right. i mean really yeah so so yeah i I agree with you like i said just the the idea behind you you know your imagination or or just the you know premise of it is just maybe the author fears for the shock value but it just you know left me cold yeah uh the book is basically about this little boy he's six years old he gets pushed into the river by this nutcase who's obsessed with his mother after being encouraged to go down to the river by this nutcase teacher (laughs) who happens to be having like kinky sex with this man who happens to see him in the river rescues him and hides him in a bunker in the woods for the next 10 years that's basically the plot of this story right but we find this out over time Over time, yes. Yes, you find this out throughout the course of the book. It's revealed incrementally. But that's what it boils down to. And I just felt like I thought the writing was good. I will say that. there. I, I noticed there were a lot of typos and stuff, you know, more than usual. But the writing itself was pretty good. And it really unfolded like a standard suspense type novel. So I didn't have a problem with the writing. But at the end, it was convoluted. I did feel myself sympathizing and kind of identifying with Emma. Emma. I thought she was well written initially, unlike some of these other ones that we've read where the the mothers, (laughs) they just act so, it's like so ridiculous. I remember we were talking about one, it was like, really, this is so contrived. But Emma just seemed she seemed to me more more real, more authentic. Right. Unfortunately, like a lot of other women, you know, younger women, she gets, you know, pregnant out of wedlock. But, you know, she goes on her way and, and does fairly well and, and has the you know support of her parents. And uh, basically, the you know, the other people in this community, they may 
be like too close, but at the same time, they may not be happy, but they, at least up front, they accept it for what it is. And then she, um, you know, is able to do stuff with her life, you know, make something of herself. And then you see at the same time, it does seem almost natural that she is tricked into this, you know, relationship with this obsessive guy, Jake. He completely orchestrated the state she finds herself in. He is the one who pushed her son into the river to kill him. He is the one who had her parents killed. Right. right. So he is the one creating these situations so that he can insert himself, have her for himself. He's like obsessed with her. But you can see how she doesn't know all this till too late. Exactly. But you can see how she's charmed by him because, yeah, she thinks her son is dead. You know, she mm-hmm. has him declared dead after the typical seven years. And then her parents are killed tragically. So she's at a, a low point. Wouldn't be unusual for the typical per- woman to be uh, sucked in by this, this, you know, guy. No, because he seemed like a knight in shining armor, and he was her teacher. He's a authority figure, yeah, and you know, and like uh, seemed to go, bend over backwards to uh, to do things for her. But you do get the feeling that he's not that nice of a person because once they get married, he doesn't abuse her physically, but says things that could be almost insulting, and then he kind of controls the the whole household. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as she knows, she's just trying to, you know, make a nice home for her and everything. Yeah, and he's never really shown his true colors to her. She's never seen really something that should really send off yeah, an alarm. Yeah, she, had, yeah, she hadn't, there hadn't been a real obvious red flag, you know, until further on. But like you said, the, the the writing, you know, was good writing. I just, the other off-putting stuff was bad. And like I said, the characters, you know, at least her character was, was uh, very well developed. Some of the other ones weren't as much, but then, you know, some of the secondary ones, it wasn't always necessary for them to be as well developed as with her or, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I just felt like by the end, it became too convoluted. It's like she threw everything but the kitchen sink. I mean, really, I mean, everybody was playing a role in this, the teacher, you know, and and then she goes talking to the media and turns out that she really can't stand her. Right. And she was she knew where what happened to her son all this time. It's like, really? And then Jake, of course, I didn't suspect that he had had anything to do with it. Even when her when Rob, you know, was immediately suspecting Jake and he's saying to her, look, it's not jealousy, but this guy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, he would be too obvious. So initially I was thinking, no, he's just an anal guy and would be too obvious if it were him. Right. When Hal and his wife entered the picture the second they entered the story i suspected how because he was always gone yeah when when she started saying oh you know they're they're having issues in the marriage and he's always traveling he's always gone i go okay it's how <laughs> well then they tried to have the red herring of the duke but you know as soon as you figure that He's not in very good shape. There's no way, you know, and they even said it, but I guess they're just trying to have a little a side plot or a little red herring because the, and everybody was like up in arms about the Dukes. I think Mort stirred the people up in the town because they, they wanted to find, you know, someone who could be the bad guy. Yeah. And I just kept feeling like the story really wanted you to suspect Jake, especially uh, when they find his garage right? and, and everything. It's like, okay really it's Jake you know it's like that would have been too obvious but then it takes you off into this other thing with uh what was her name Amy I think the teacher's name was Amy I don't know Amy yeah her the role she played in it by encouraging him because Hal wanted her to what I was just like really 
<laughs> Amy encourages Aiden to go down to the river in the in the flood. Right. What? Which, when she's calling the mom, say come come get him because you know it's flooding and yeah. I can't I can't bring him home so it's it's kind of kind of weird she sends him down there he goes and then here comes Jake ready to push him into the river right I mean this poor kid it was just too much by then to me the story lost a little bit of credibility yeah I said well uh, the other thing that that was a plus for me is even though this is set set in a small English town that there were there weren't that many specific references just very few that i did like it had like a universal feel where you feel like it could have been set in any small town yeah a very dysfunctional small town (laughs) with all these different crazy people (laughs) crazy teacher crazy hal crazy jake right and then of course um aiden wasn't speaking because that was key to the plot i mean if he had spoken then there would be no book. It was supposedly that he's so traumatized by the fact that actually Hal asked him to kill him. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, or it was like he thought he was going to be killed, but then, you know, then he couldn't uh, live with himself. He, I guess he couldn't actually kill him, even though he'd, you know, outgrown his appeal, but he couldn't do it. So, he, you know, he killed him. So, yeah, I mean, even if he'd somehow escaped from you know that horrible situation you think that would be traumatic and you you wouldn't be able to communicate even after he could you know talk again that it was a thing about talking about years of therapy they you know had him going to the therapist but you think probably after all these other things happened he probably had to continue going through therapy to deal with what had happened to him in those 10 years and then all the stuff that happened too where you know his his mother almost got killed and, and everything else else yeah it was crazy (laughs) i prefer stuff more clever that can actually happen yeah then when he starts talking for me it just kind of felt like convenient like oh now it's the end of the book he needs to start talking it didn't feel organic but then you know he starts talking and he led her to the bunker right aiden led his mom i kind of accepted that he didn't speak because he could have been afraid that he would be blamed for killing Hal. Right. So I thought, okay, there's a good reason for him to keep quiet, you know, and not say anything because he's afraid. But then I just wish that when he started speaking, like if he had started talking when Jake was attacking, right. that would have felt more authentic to me. Like that for it would force him to, to open his mouth and say something. Right, right. Instead of, because she was asking him for help and he was just kind of standing there. Right. Not saying anything and not helping. Yeah. And she couldn't understand why, <laughs> why is he not helping me? And then finally, you know, he leads her off into the woods and then he starts talking. Yeah, I, th- I, I would have preferred it, as you said, I would prefer him, you know, having to talk out of necessity right. you know, to save his mom. Yeah, so, uh, but other than that, I'm I'm looking forward to what everyone else thinks of it cheryl i think she gave it a b plus so she enjoyed it yeah i gave it a c you know i've already said it i I just think that small children being sexually molested is despicable enough when it happens for real we don't i I think there's just some latent dysfunction in a mind that wants to fictionalize that i don't see of all the things you can fictionalize why that it's just it's not necessary right there should should be you know even with uh, freedom of speech i think there has to be certain topics that are better left unsaid yeah, and when they're said or, or or when they are you question why you know why would why, why? 
So Why that specifically? I mean, people write about murders and all kinds of things, people killing people or robbing people and different things. And they'll well, say, well, well, it, you know, it happens in real life or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, so we're not saying that this, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen in real life, but I'm saying the nature of it begs the question. You know, I think we had this type, similar discussion with um, We Are Water yeah. by Wally Lamb. Right, right. And that was very graphic in the descriptions of the molestation, though. So, uh-huh. and I had the same issue. Like, why, why, why would anybody want to fictionalize that? Yeah. So that's where I'll leave that. Exactly. <laughs> We picked it out, or at least I don't know that who I, I can't remember too long ago to remember what I voted for, but you know it was the majority rules, and right. and and some of the ones we pick out are wonderful, and some of them are so so. So you, it's good to be exposed to different things, and you're not going to like everything, right? No matter what type of book club you're in, that it it would be very boring if everybody loved every book. There right. Wouldn't, much to discuss so you know I'm always glad to be exposed to different books even if they're ones that I didn't care for you know the you can always see say okay that was all right but I won't be you know reading anymore by that author (laughs) yeah I always enjoy um I wouldn't say I wouldn't read anything more by the author but I would pay more attention to um, the subject matter the subject matter some things you want to write off completely, but then other things you think, well, before you, as you said, before you'd read anything else, you'd, you'd delve a little bit more into the synopsis or the other people's reviews before you, you know, made a decision. Exactly. Yeah. All righty. So that is our discussion of Silent Child by Sarah Denzel. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in, as always. Please leave us your comments. What do you think about this subject and this type of plot? with children and being sexually molested leave your comments below and and let us know join the conversation and stay tuned for our next episode we will be discussing roberta's pick small great things (laughs) small great things by jody pico see you next time bye bye